Coming up on this episode of East Screen West Screen, the official podcast of Lutherania Gap, I'll have some news about the fall of ATV, a review of announcements from this year's Hong Kong Film Mart, um, the results of the Asian Film Awards, and a bit later, Paul will be talking about Lost and Love. This is East Screen, West Screen with Paul and Kevin, where if films were food, they'd be full of it. Hello and welcome to another episode of East Screen. This is the show where we talk about films from Hong Kong, China, and other parts of Asia. I'm your host, Paul Fox, and joining me from his news desk in the sidecar of a motorcycle is Mr. Kevin Ma. Are you saying that I'm like Indiana Jones' father, Paul? We called the dog Indiana. <laughs> That's a terrible Sean Connery. I'm sorry. Caught the dog. Okay. I should go back to that man voice. I caught a dog in Vietnam. Okay. How are uh, you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you doing, sir? Okay. You know, got, um, of course, um, I was incredibly busy at the Hong Kong Film Mart, and uh, then I had the film festival, and of course, I finally was defeated. Um, from all the stress and all the work, because I finally got sick this week. You know, it's going around. I've been sick this week, too. And uh, apologies to the audience. I may cough a couple times. I'll try and hit the uh, mute button before I do. But, yeah, it's there's been something going around. Yeah, no, it was a good thing. It was a minor cold. And, yeah, um, so I'm kind of recovering already and was never that serious. But I still have a bit of the sniffles. So um, if I'm, like, sound even more nasally than usual, then my apologies. I have to blame my dad. Because my dad came and visited for a couple of weeks, and he was sick when he got off the plane, and he infected my daughter, and he infected me. Fortunately, didn't infect my wife. Uh, she made it through unscathed. But I'm going to blame him for your sickness, too. So, thanks, yes. Dad. Thanks, Mr. Fox. <laughs> well, are you feeling better, at least? Yes, yes. I mean, like I said, I still have some bit of a phlegm in yeah. I, uh, So my Batman voice is better than ever. Ben, you know, I, my nose is still a bit stuffed. But otherwise, actually, I've been up and about. And even on the day I took sick leave, I, w- I was doing a lot of work and, you know, went to my class and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I was fortunate that I didn't really have to take a sick day and that uh, most of the illness hit me during the weekend so that I was able to come in during the week and kind of power through uh, the classes that I had to do before our holiday, which we're kind of uh, on the Easter and Qingming holiday festival right now. That's um, terrible, man, getting sick on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, well, but it's it's better than, for me, <clears throat> it's better than getting sick during the week and having to take a sick day when I've got a full schedule of teaching, because that means I just have to make that up at some point, and I have to you know, uh, cram classes in together, you know, a double up during the next week or something. And, and it can be a very, really pain in the neck for scheduling. So um, I try to only take sick days when on days when I don't have any teaching to do. I don't have any classes because then it's, uh, you know, I don't have to, anything to make up and to reschedule. 
you're such a workaholic, dude. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> well, uh, that that's one way of putting it. And I just see it as trying to make my life a little bit easier uh, for the long term. But yeah, uh, we've also got a super typhoon somewhere out there, right? That's gonna maybe be coming our way in the next week or so. But uh, uh, hopefully, the Li Ka Sheng Shield will uh, be as strong as ever and and keep that off our backs. This is where you're gonna play that that the clip where I go, you know. Damn you, Lee I mean, yeah, maybe. I'll throw the, throw the classic song in there for new <laughs> listeners. You get a chance to hear Kevin's singing voice. Odie but goodie, huh? <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right, so, yeah, we've got uh, some, a lot of stuff, a lot of news to get to because of all the Asian stuff that's been going on uh, with regard to the movie industry, and Kevin's going to bring you that in just a moment. A little bit later, I'm going to be talking about Andy Lau's latest film, Lost in Love. But before any of that, let's throw it over to Kevin in his sidecar at the news desk. This week at the news desk, um, this is kind of related to Hong Kong cinema because the Hong Kong television industry, you know, has is so connected to the cinema industry because we have so many um, uh, figures in the industry that are from that started out in television. So I figured this is something that is uh, worth talking about. Uh, ATV or Asia Television or I think one's known as Rit Diffusion. Is it RTV? Or was that the one that closed down? Anyway, um, it's a 56-year-old television station, so one of the major television stations in Hong Kong. Um, unfortunately, the government has announced that it will no longer renew its broadcasting license this week. This comes after actually a very long mess um, involving Hong Kong television networks in the past two years or so because the government had opened up um, the airwaves for new television stations. Um, so, of course, that included PCW's Now TV. They they applied for one. Um, cable TV. Um, if you, or you or better, you might know the parent company of Sundry Motion Pictures. Um, so they also release films. And uh, HKTV, a, a, a self a new television station created by Ricky Wong, who uh, founded or who ran Hong Kong Broadband at one point. Um, the one that people may remember was that HKTV was not uh, granted a, a broadcast license whilst the other two were and that sort of um, attracted a lot of anger because um, ATV Asia Television um, is by far the weaker of the two television stations and uh, a lot of people felt that a television station that gets no ratings should do not have a reason to survive and also the fact that Asia Television um, in the past um, decade or so has sort of become a very China friendly uh, mainland China friendly television station because of its um, investor uh, who goes by the name of Wan Ching. Um, so <clears throat> about half a year ago, actually, um, the television station began having uh, financial troubles. Um, they started um, uh, owing, owing they, they started missing payments of their, their, their uh, employees' uh, salary. Um, they couldn't get new investors coming in, and actually they were very, very close to bankruptcy. Um, so on Monday, the uh, television station uh, announced that it was, it, it was being bought by Ricky Wong, the, the founder of HKTV, which is now an internet, internet television network instead of a uh, traditional free-to-air television network uh that ricky Wong will be buying the company or at least investing in buying up 50 percent of the stakes um that sent 
the netizens, you know, going nuts because, oh my God, HKTV might be reborn as ATV. Um, but on the next day, the next morning, um, HKTV and Ricky Wong actually wrote a statement denying that any of this was happening. On that same afternoon, or was it a day after? Anyway, within 24 hours, the government, um, the special um, committee, the, the administrative committee, or the executive committee held a meeting to decide on the faith the fate of the impending television licenses and came out later that day to announce that ATV will, will um, its license will be revoked um, next year, next year, April 1st. So now that pretty much spells the end of this 56 year old television network because the executive committee has said that there is no appeals process for its decision. Um, so ATV might be better known as the place um, it once held um uh, stars such as um, Ked Chan was one of them. Um, Clifton Cole, director, who, who has, he has a show there currently. Um, uh, many Hong Kong stars, actually. You know, actually, a lot of TVB stars you see right now were at one point at ATV. Chapman Toh is one of the major actors to come off ATV in the past decade. Um, and I don't know, Paul, do you remember any? Do you have any idea of uh, AT? Oh, um, Nina Paul, Pao Hating. Um, she is still currently an ATV uh, contract act actress. Um, so actually, it, it plays a very important part um, in Hong Kong television history, especially back in the golden day in about 70s when competition was much, much more fierce between TVB and ATV. Um, so for, for television, especially since the new television stations are not ready to launch yet, the loss of ATV, which theoretically could broadcast for another year but may not have the funding to last for more than four months um it's it's kind of a sad thing because it's a death of essentially a very important icon in the television um uh industry here in hong kong but of course a lot of people are cheering because in a way they felt people felt that um a lot of hktv supporters felt that atv shouldn't survive and that because it is china friendly and and it, it got a lot of controversy when it when it did a uh, editorial against the the um the protest movement against the national education so they are very pro-establishment and very pro-china um so it became it, it is good news for for many um uh pro-democrat supporters um here in hong kong paul do you watch atv at all i mean i assume you're a tvb viewer uh yeah, most of the time we watch TVB. I watched um you know, I watched uh a couple shows on uh, ATV like I've seen the the uh, what was the one you mentioned from the director um uh, Clifton uh, Coe? Clifton Coe. You know, he has like a, a a director's series that they run on there on occasion where he talks about movies and things and he has guests right. on. Right. And, and I've seen that, and there's a there's a political show. Um, I think it's on ATV from one of the stage directors locally. Uh, I think it's Matthias Wu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he, you know he he had a political show on there, and he also had a, a TV segment for his East Wing West Wing drama um, that was um, carried over to like a short summer series, I think, on there. And I, I watched that for a while, but I haven't watched any of their dramas at all. Um, it's really, I, I mean, I guess most people consider it kind of second tier. Um, but they also have a, they have like a, 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 like TVB has three or four channels, right? They've got an HD channel, they've got their main channel, they've got their news channel, and then they've got uh, TVB, what is it, TVB Pearl, which is right. like the English channel, right? 
Um, and they have, ATV has a series of different channels too. And one of their channels was like old, old, old TV dramas, right? Um, yes, that, that launched, I think, two years ago. And so sometimes I'd sit down and, I, and I'd flip that on just to see some of the old faces uh, that you were mentioning and some of the really old dramas that you can't really they find a, anymore. They even had a, had a late night chat show that was hosted by James Wan, um, the very famous, uh, he was a lyricist. Yeah, yeah. lyricist. And then, of course, uh, host and actor. And he had a lot of huge stars on. And there's a very classic clip of Jackie Chan on that late night show with um, the couple of hosts. I think one of them is the, the author of the Wesley uh, novel series. Uh, I haul on a very, very, very famous show. Um, so, yeah, th- so in the heyday of ATV, it was very much known for you know great actually it had good television yeah but i mean it's to, to, to kind of put it into perspective it's when you go out if you go out to dinner you go out to a local you know cha chan tang like a dinner cafe and the tv's on it's on tvb right you go out yes. in the streets and in like the little guys selling newspapers and the newsstand's got a tv beer tv tv on it's on tvb every tv you pass by pretty much is going to be on TVB. That is just the dominant thing. Um, you know, and when you, you, if you, to think about it for those folks who are out there who maybe aren't familiar with TV dramas, TVB is the carryover from Shaw Studios, basically. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's run primarily by Mona Fong and the, the legacy estate of, um, you know, Roman Shaw. Shaw. So um, that's kind of the historic legacy, and it's been, it's the dominant powerhouse, and it has been um, for a long, long time. And actually, a lot of even though a lot of people complain about the deterioration of quality uh, of programming on TVB, and many people complain about this, ATV is even worse. Which means that yeah. nobody, genuinely, no one wants to watch ATV here in Hong Kong. So, so it was really a matter of time that. The lack of viewership and, you know, that means lack of advertisers and will lead to financial problems despite the in- injection of, of these mainland mainland money. But when we look at the overall decline in the TVB quality in terms of like the writing and the repetitiveness, you know, of, of a lot of what's what's coming out, in part, it's because they got no competition. Right. And this yes. was this was the big thing of, of you know, HKTV coming out because one of the things that they were pr- really pr- trying to promote a lot and market a lot was, oh, uh, they're going to be using, you know, high-definition cameras, and they're going to be shooting with a film look, so it's going to look more like, you know, TV shows like 24 and stuff that you see in the States. And they were really trying to sell the, you know, technical production side of some of what they wanted to produce and put out there. And, and actually, some of the people that I know that have watched a couple of the dramas online... Um, on the, I, I, you can view them on the uh, HKTV app, um, said they're really pretty good in terms of the writing and, and, and the, you know, the, um, the stories. So uh, it's a shame that there's just not more competition because, you know, without the competition, TVB can just be as, you know, the quality can just go down because they've got no, nobody to work against. And TVB, of course, has worked very hard to to squash competition, including HKTV. But, but that, that's another topic for another day. Indeed. Next up, um, so the Hong Kong Film Mart was, um, well, last week actually, it feels like it's been forever already. But anyway, um, 
that was um and so of course hong kong film art is the best time for local film companies to roll out their big lineup announcements and i went to a few of those so um here's a quick roundup i'm not going to go over every single project but there were three major 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 um actually four companies uh made um major announcements um the first one up up is uh emperor motion pictures um in addition to uh two thumbs up the uh comedy action comedy that opened this week they also announced um dante lamps to the four uh that's f-o-r-e not not you know, the four the gordon chan film that uh, this is the biking drama the bicycle racing drama that was actually announced last year at film art um now uh, emperor uh, has reviewed a teaser um the film stars uh eddie pang uh shang do and um Korean idol Choi Siwon as three um, competitive racers on the biking circuit. Um, in addition, there was also a local co- um, comedy drama, kind of a low-budget one called Happiness, starring Kara Hui as a middle-aged woman with Alzheimer's who takes in a homeless young man and they kind of bond over a some kind of parent-son relationship. Um, and that looks pretty Thing. It's a directorial debut of a director named Andy Law. Um, I guess this one will excite a few people. Jackie Chan and Karina Lam are reuniting for a film. They first worked together on July Rhapsody, uh, I think, what, 13 years ago. They'll be reuniting for a film called Heaven in the Dark. Jackie Chan will play a pastor who is charged with uh, sexual harassment um, after sharing a kiss with a woman played by Karina Lam. This will be the feature film directorial debut of Karina's husband, Steve Yuan. After um, the success of Sarah, director Herman Yao and uh, Chapman Toe producer will reunite for The Mob Fathers, which is a comedy about a triad election. Derek Kwok, who worked with Emperor on As the Light Goes Out, will be directing a legal thriller comedy called War of Injustice. Uh, there were also projects that will be directed by Alan Mack and Felix Chung, the guys who wrote the Infernal Affairs trilogy and also did Silent War and the Overheard series. Um, also a new project from Benny Chan, Nothing's Been Revealed, and a, another Kung Fu comedy by Yuan Mo Peng. Those, no details have been announced about those projects, but they are coming um, over the next couple of years, I think. Over looking over to One Cool, which is actually Louis Ku's film company. Yes, Louis Ku has a film company here in Hong Kong. Um, even though it's kind of low cool, low, I'm sorry, I just said cool, low, low key, low key about it. Um, they held another press conference on uh, during Film Mart, and of course, Louis Ku was not there, even though he was at like five different. Uh, press conferences that day but films announced at the one cool press conference includes master fat which i mentioned before um the new lick churn film uh which he would direct the horror film that one will co-star karina lamb and Kuo. there's a new comedy directed by lum Si chong the um the you know plumpy actor from shaolin soccer this will be i believe his third film um there is also a um, big budget robotic project named Virtuous, um, but no, nothing's been announced about that. And of course, later in the year, you got Ringo Lamb's comeback, um, comeback film Wild City, which actually had its own 
press conference on the same day, and we all got a look at the um, the first trailer, which looks really really impressive, by the way. Um, so that's one call. Um, then we look at Maya, which is uh, the 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 company behind we may behind uh, Joe Ma's comedies and uh, distributor of a few Wong Kar Wai films here, and actually one of the biggest names in Hong Kong cinema back in the nineties. Uh, they've been quiet in the last couple of years with only the um, Lang Kui Fong films. Those are the biggest films, at least. So anyway, they announced a long-term cooperation deal with Jetong Films, which is Wong Kar Wai's production company. The first project under that deal will be Drive Me Crazy, a road adventure romantic comedy starring Chang Chang and um, Wang Luodan, which who you may remember from um, trying to think The Continent, the Han Han film, and also Caught in the Web, the Chen Kai Ge film. Um, Wong Kar Wai will not be directing the film, but his company will be producing it. Um, they will also be working together on a project starring Lun Chu Wai, Tony Lun Chu Wai. But again, no director announced on that end. Uh, Wong Jing will be directing a family comedy for Maya starring Francis Ng and um, Angela Wang, the little girl that was in From Vegas to Macau 2. Um, Gordon Chan and Chung Heng Kai. Chung Heng Kai is a writer who is behind, recently at least, behind comedies like uh, Naked Ambition and The um, Lover's Ear and Mighty Baby. Uh, he'll be working with Gordon Chan on um, a comedy about three young men pursuing their dreams in England. Um, but coming up very soon for Maya is Port of Call, the film by Philip Yong, which is also the closing film of this year's Hong Kong International Film Festival. The crime drama stars Aaron Kwok as a middle-aged detective uh, investigating a, a very gruesome case of a dismemberment of a prostitute. I will be watching the film um, in about two weeks. Um, and, it will, and the Hong Kong Film Festival is showing the director's cut of the film. There is no announced date uh, or release date announced for that film. Finally, look at Media Asia, which usually has actually the biggest um, uh, announcement every year because you know they are one of Hong Kong's biggest film companies. Um, leading, leading there. Uh, of course, last week I or last show I talked about Manhunt, the John Woo uh, film that we're remaking, um, the '70s Japanese film. Uh, Johnny Toe also an, uh, appeared to announce two projects, one that he is directing called Free, starring Vicky Zhao, um, Louis Ku, and Wallace Chung. It's about a doctor caught in the line of fire between the police and gangsters in a hospital. And uh, all three of them showed up with Johnny Toe to talk about the film, and it sounds actually very exciting, even though nothing's been shot yet. Um, Johnny Toe is also producing uh, Trevisa. Trevisa, um, you may have heard about this project already. It's a crime thriller by three young directors about three very notorious uh, robbers um, in Hong Kong in the who who were very active in Hong Kong in the mid nineties. Uh, not much else is known. It seems like it's three different stories kind of combined into one film, kind of like triangle. So it sounds very interesting. Actually, the teaser is it was shown. I'm not sure if it's online yet, but I will look. Uh, Media Asia will also be handling Office, which is Johnny Toe's um, uh, musical, which stars Chan Fat, Sylvia Chang, and Eason Chang, and Tom Wei. Whew, okay. <laughs> almost there, almost there. Um, 
All the company, the company also announced Adam Wong's "He Remembers, She Forgets," which is um, Adam Wong's uh, follow-up to the indie hit "The Way We Dance." The film stars Miriam Yuen and Jan Lam. Jan Lam is a name you might have not heard for a while. He was a uh, part of the soft, soft heart uh, comedic music duo that were very, very popular in the '90s. In fact, you may remember them from Jackie Chan's City Hunter. Anyway, Jang Lam, I, I believe this is his first acting role in quite a few, uh, few years. I think the last time I saw him in the film was "Leave Me Alone," or was it "Divergence," which is the Benny Chan film? But He's co-starring with me. The film is finished, at least now in uh, uh, post-production. Uh, there was also All You Need Is Love, um, the co, I guess, the feature film narrative, dramatic narrative directorial debut of Richie Ren. He is co-starring with Shu Chi. Um, and coming up, actually, very soon for, for Media Asia, coming up in the first week of May, is Helios which is the terrorism thriller, action thriller from the directors uh, of Cold War. The film stars Jackie Chan, Nick Chan, Chang Chang, Shang Yu, Choi Shi Wan, which is the Korean idol I was talking about, and um, China's Wan Shui Chi. Whew, that's it. Okay, so yeah, quite a few productions coming up uh, this year, and uh, hopefully we'll see some of these uh, before the year is out. Just a couple uh, quick addendums. You know, um, Jan Lam, if you've seen any of the McDowell films, um, he's usually yeah, doing a voice he, in those. And he had a he had a cameo in uh, Hello Babies last year as a he did as a guys, yoga, yoga instructor or something. You know, in that in that yeah. short scene. Um, so he pops up every you know every every now and then. But mostly, I just remember him. He's he's almost in. I think he's in every one of the McDowell films. He's doing a voice or he's doing some narration. He does the voice of adult Mato, essentially. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. And finally, you have a little bit of news about the Asian Film Awards for us, right? Yes, the Asian Film Awards also held last week, uh, last Wednesday night in Macau. Um, as expected, because China was the country with the most nominees, um, China ended up winning a lot of the major awards. In fact, Chinese films, or Chinese slash Hong Kong, but let's face it, those Hong Kong films are all co-productions anyway. So Chinese films winning 10 out of 14 categories at the Asian Film Awards. Um, Lo Yes, Blind Massage, a really excellent, excellent drama that um, that played last year in Berlin, and I, and I cannot recommend it enough uh i feel like it's one of the, i felt it was one of the best films best asian films i saw last year uh one best picture and and best director um for low yeah um oh sorry not the best director sorry best, um, i won best film and uh best cinematography which both very well well um deserved um, Dao Yinan's Black Coat Thin Ice which won the golden bear last year in berlin also uh, won two prizes um which is best Screenplay and uh, Best Actor, Liao Fan. And Hui uh, won Best Director for The Golden Era, uh, repeating her, her feat at the Golden Horse Awards last year. Bei Duna, Korean actress, um, won Best Actress for A Girl at My Door, a, another excellent drama from South Korea, very understated film. I interviewed Bei Duna last year, actually, at, at in Khan, so, so you could look up that interview um, on Film Business Asia. Um, Another best actor went to Lelfan. What else? Um, 
Gone with the Bullets, the Zhang Wen film, actually was the big, won the most number of awards. It won a total of three awards, but they were all technical awards. Um, yeah, so in a, a very strong year for Chinese cinema um, at the Asian Film Awards. Um, unfortunately, that kind of uh, overshadowed other, you know, really great films from other countries. But yeah, what can you do? You know, this this the way awards award season rolls, right? They they these were very popular popular wins and and you know very well received films so good for them all right well i think that's going to wrap it up for kevin at the news desk and we're going to take a short musical break and we'll be back to talk a little bit about andy lau's movie lost and love Film for this week is Andy Lau's latest film called Lost and Love. Uh, this is a film coming from China by director Peng Sanyuan, who's this is her first feature film um, on the big screen. Uh, she has a background apparently in doing a lot of television and television work, um, but when you kind of look her up on the Hong Kong movie database, you'll see it's kind of strange. She's got no credits except for this film up there. Um, so this is a story similar to our film last week, uh, Little Big Master, where it's based on you know a true, on true events. And the film maps out the plight of Lei Zekuan, uh, played by Andy Lau, who's been on the road for 15 years hunting for his son, who was abducted as a baby in 1999. And it's about his life on the road, and uh, you know it's full of a sort of monotonous despair. Uh, but things take a turn when he encounters Zheng Shuhai. Uh, Shu Ai, excuse me, a uh, young mechanic who was also an abductee early in his life. Uh, intrigued by Zikwan's plight, he tags along with him to help with his search as he uh, 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 goes to his next destination. And as they spend more time on the road, though, it turns out that it might be Lei Zikwan who's going to help Zhang Shu Ai uh, to find something that he himself has lost. So that's the, the film in summary, and if you've seen the trailer... Um, you get that this is going to be a heavy film going in. And um, I kind of, those kind of films kind of put me off. And a lot of times a film, if it looks too heavy, I may not even want to go to the cinema uh, to engage in. I might just want to save it for, you know, home video where I can cry in the comfort of my own living room. Um, But this is an Andy Lau movie. Andy Lau is, you know, he's he's my go-to guy for Hong Kong cinema. He always has been. And uh, this is, uh, you know, his first sort of central starring role um, since 2013 when he had a bunch of stuff. He had, you know, what do you have? Switch, uh, Blind Detective, and uh, Firestorm. Uh, last year, 
Uh, he just did a couple cameos. Um, so it was good to see him come back to, you know, being a central character again. And I decided I need to get out and, and see this. And I was kind of surprised because it was, I mean, it's a heavy movie, but it's actually a little bit lighter than you might expect, at least from what you're shown in the trailer. Um, and the interesting thing is that I thought that this was going to sort of tell this whole long sweeping arc, um, you know, of, of how uh, Andy Lau's character, you know, loses his child and, you know, his whole, you know, journey throughout the 15 years. But actually, no, it's, it's set in kind of modern day. And the film starts off by paralleling a search for a little girl who's been abducted and uh, this mother who's very sort of distraught. And uh, at the same time, we are kind of introduced to Andy Lau's character as he has kind of been on the road for all this time, this sort of um, elderly man who's given his life to just driving around on a motorcycle from Chinese city to Chinese city, handing out flyers, um, you know, saying very little, eating very little, big sign, big flag uh, with the image of his, you know, his infant son, uh, the last image that he had of him uh, on, on his uh, motorcycle, uh, trying to get the message out, trying to get any information, you know, hoping that fate will somehow intervene and, and reunite him with his son. And the reality is, and people, you know, approach him and say, look, you've, you know, your son's been gone. He's like, he's like 17 now. He's not going to know you. He's grown up somewhere else with someone else. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to recognize you. He's not going to accept you as, you know, the, his father. He's with, with, an, with, you know, with another family. Um, but despite all this, you know, he just kind of keeps going day by day by day by day. And it's that kind of, you know, that you, you get the true sense of the tragedy here. Um, and... But thankfully, the way that this story works is because it's done in the parallel of this current abduction, we don't have to rely on this sort of long, arduous trek of this character's 15-year journey. Um, he tells it in bits and pieces, and you get to understand what's happened. Um, and it's really delivered through Andy Lau, you know, the emotions of his voice, the, the emotions on his face and his characterizations, his body language. Um, this is really a movie that he carries, um, and, and you can see the weight on, on, you know, on this character, and it just so, comes across so visually strong in this film. You know, this is, you know, as, as I look at the Andy Lau here, and I think of, you know, the Andy Lau that I started out watching in things like, you know, Wong Jing movies, you know, How to Pick Up Girls, and, and he wasn't in that one, but like uh, Romancing Star 2 and, and stuff like that. And thinking how far he's come, you know, over over the decades as as an actor, from you know starting out as you know just this young idol celebrity singer, to doing the kinds of work he's doing now. And yeah, he does have the occasional, you know, bomb like switch. But to do something like this or, or a simple life, and you see these different sides that he goes to. He's not always saying he, he's at a he's at a stage now where he's like you know he's not he's okay with playing a role like this. He's not always needing to be the cool guy anymore or the action hero anymore. And for me, it's very, very nice to see him mature into these uh, roles, these variations that let him tell stories in a different way, you know, that he doesn't always have to be, you know, the action guy who saves the day or the, you know, the cool guy with the gelled back hair. Um, and I think a lot of 
other actors who are maturing now, I won't mention any names, they could learn, they could take a page from Andy's book and, and you know, start to challenge themselves with some, some roles that are a bit varied, I think. Um, they do well to do so. Um, so the story is very nicely interwo- interwoven in the way that it tells this character's tale without really going through lots of arduous flashbacks or, you know, spending the movie in sort of this long, sort of uh, long linear narrative to, to get us to the present day. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that this movie becomes a road trip movie, and I was not expecting that. I, you know, you look at the trailer and you just think it's about this character, but no, it's a road trip story, basically. And it's an interesting one because it's a motorcycle story. Um, not something you expect to see in China, right? You don't expect to see, I mean, this isn't like, you know, bikers and, and the Hell's Angels or anything like that, but... I think Americans have a sense of, you know, motorcycle road trip stories. There are movies you can point to um, with with this kind of thing. And this is a very different kind of tale. It's a very uniquely Chinese tale, but it's one that I think works very, very well. I, it just kind of threw me for a loop for a little bit because I really wasn't expecting that. And um, it, it does make the, there are moments that make this film a lot lighter, which I think is very, very needed given the subject matter um, that of, of what it's doing. Um, the film also very nicely demonstrates the capacity of what we call the human flesh search, right? And if you're not familiar with this term, this is the, the term that they often use over here, um, when you're trying to find out information about anything and you basically turn to the netizens, you turn to the web and through forums and postings and, and social media, basically trying to get out bits and pieces of information. And they really convey that nicely here that, um, you know, Andy Lau, he's this older man, but he's still using these resources, um, you know, to try and assist himself and, and other people that, that he kind of meets along the way. And um, while he doesn't, he doesn't directly um, interact with the parallel story that's going on, he does kind of uh, uh, take, up the, take up the challenge at one point. Um, and the two stories come very close to intersecting and, and almost tragically, tragically so in some ways. Um, but it's still, it serves to sort of parallel the, the idea of, of what he's gone through over the, over this period. Um, it's a really small cast too. Uh, you have, for example, Sandra M, who plays a, a just a terrible woman, uh, a, a baby trafficker basically. And, you know, she's got a very small role. You only see her in a couple scenes. Um, Tony Lung, um, Lung Kafai is a, is a, uh, a police officer and, uh, you know, he's good. He's got a very nice, interesting exchange, uh, with Andy. Um, there's a young Chinese actress, um, I say her name correctly, say, Li Ya Se. Uh, she, she's been in a couple of films you might've seen from last year, uh, such as So Young and Up in the Wind. And she's got... A really tiny role here, but a significant one. Um, but really, it's it's about um, Andy Lau and his co-star um, Jing Bo Ran, who plays this young man that he that he meets when he needs a motorcycle repair, and then this young man tells him that he was an abductee, you know, and that he remembered he has very faint mem- memories of his parents and uh, you know growing up with this foster family basically that he was sold to and wanting to know more about himself and who he was. And so he gets intrigued 
um, with Andy Lau. And, and I guess in a sense, he starts to look to him as a f- sort of father figure, wishing that, you know, his own parents had the same kind of diligence that he sees in Andy Lau's character as he's, you know, going on this unending search um, all these years. And so he sort of tags along and it sets up this sort of, um, this sort of buddy father son kind of relationship as as they go on and their their chemistry is really great um it was it was one thing again i was really not expecting they got really very good chemistry together and that carries the film through um so yeah it's a it's it's an interesting film the, the police too because the, there's a couple of moments um as i said tony lung plays a police officer uh who interacts with andy's character there's another police officer in the film who's kind of um dealing with a woman who's lost her daughter and the police are shown as kind of compassionate, and this might seem patronizing to some people. I know it's 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 um, you know it's common to be uh, look at China films as being you know trying to be pro-China and this kind of thing, um, but it never feels forced. And I think it's a nice change that you know oh it's not always about corrupt cops. You know that sometimes there are police who are just doing their job and they want to do a good job and they want to help people. Um, and so that's a nice change of pace uh, for for a film like this. Um, Paul, have you um have you had a chance to see Peter Chan's uh, Theorist, which came out uh, last October, I believe? No, I haven't. Uh, it's one of one of my two watch lists. Um, but I did see well, um, uh, Tie Me Up, Lock Him Down with uh, right yeah. Jeff Lau film. Yeah, yeah. Um, that well, that's another one where there's a police officer in in that film, and you know he's just kind of doing his job. He's kind of a nice guy, and 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 he kind of. Uh, he gets a bit of a raw deal for a little bit of the film. Um, you know, it's just nice to show that, you know, they're not all cops are corrupt and, you know, the bureaucracy is what it is, but it's not always out to sort of get you kind of a thing. Oh, I highly recommend if you're looking for, you know, more um, fair depiction of policemen in, in China, I highly recommend a film called Beijing Blues. Mm. Um, it won the Best Picture at the Golden Horse Awards actually two years ago. Um, but it's a very cinema very a realistic uh, portrayal of a policeman just really trying to do his best in in Beijing because he's he's mostly um, in charge of like you know not serious felonies but you know like like con artists and uh, uh, pickpockets and things like that and um, it kind of shows him being worn down eventually by these petty crimes and the endless strings of petty crimes and of course still trying to do his best, and I think it's a very interesting film to be made um, under the current or, or system, uh, the censorship system in China. The fact that it passed, it's a very, very fair depiction of policemen in, in modern China. Yeah, there there is one scene uh, that I won't get into details here because it might be a bit of a spoiler that I think might be a little bit too pro uh, pro rah rah kind of kind of a thing. But um, you know, if you see the film, you'll probably see that scene and, and know what I'm talking about. But even that, I don't think, pushes it too much beyond, you know, the realm of, of possibility. Um, but uh, a couple of interesting things to point out, you know, is when I was watching this, I was thinking about Andy Lau and his career on motorcycles, right? Because one of the, of course, one of the first films that I saw <clears throat> with Andy Lau and one of the films that really kind of helped establish his career is A Moment of Romance, Right. And, you know, him and his famous triad gangster character and that end sequence on the motorcycle. Um, And, of course, then we get to the sort of the parody of that, um, you know, in the 2000s with Needing You or um, and then finally we get to this. You know, it's 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 just a it's a weird kind of transition, uh, you know, on career 
roles with motorcycles uh, and his character that I, just something that popped in my mind while I was watching this to you know if you if you look at those three films and the different Andes that we get in, in those three films and his relationships to motorcycles in those three films it's kind of a you know an interesting transitional period I guess um, you know across the decades uh, this film though let me tell you, uh, this film tore me up at the end, and so take some tissues because I used a lot, and uh, it's it it does get to a point to where it's um, it it's pretty, it's got a couple rough moments I'll say. Um, there's one in particular where uh, there's a scene with a mother who's this this mother who's lost her her daughter, or had her had her daughter abducted, and she's standing on the street and she's kind of hallucinating. And she's seeing this little child standing there, which is, I guess, her daughter. And it, it freaked me out because I have a daughter, and so I'm I'm kind of close to this. And and I'm looking at you know the the way they shot this. And have you seen the film, Kevin? Yes, yes, yeah. I have. So you'll know this scene. It's like the girl is like right next to traffic, right? She's like right there in the street, and there's like traffic zooming, like really just feet behind her and I'm thinking are you kidding me producers are you kidding me you actually put this little child that close to traffic and and it's a really close shot so I'm guessing they've got handlers like right there around her and you know she's perfectly safe but it looks like such a just a dangerous a dangerous moment I just it, <laughs> my heart went up into my throat and I was like how could you do that but yeah there, there are there are there are some there are some tough moments in in the film to be sure and the, the interesting thing, though, is that there's also a strong Buddhist message um, at the end. And it's a very sort of enig enigmatic message, and, but it's also somewhat telling uh, in, in, that, in, in that sense of, you know, that it doesn't give you any answers, but it kind of does. And I'm wondering how much of that bit, because it's, it's really the, the final bit of the film, uh, that Andy actually in if he had any direct influence on that because he's a big buddhist i mean uh, there was a big article um in local papers i want to say a, a week or a couple weeks ago where he was basically coming out saying that you know his daughter um you know he's a he's pretty much a strict vegetarian now and his daughter um has not had any meat you know and he's had a strong buddhist message in other films go back to look at things like uh running on karma for example <clears throat> Um, so it's not something that's, uh, you know, totally foreign here. So I'm just wondering if, if that's, you know, coming about by something that he wanted to, to put in there or, or that's just coincidence. Um, <clears throat> but it's a, it's, it's an interesting sort of coda to the overall film. Um, I also want to talk a little bit too about the visuals because when you look at this film and you can kind of see this in the trailer, um, you know, it looks like China. And it looks like China today. That is, um, it's not beautifying China. You know, China's got issues with pollution. If you've paid attention to, you know, uh, media, you know, they've got this big thing with uh, Chai Jing's documentary uh, under the dome going on right now. And so there's a lot of focus on pollution. And, you know, so it's not, it's not beautifying China. But it really does have some very nice scenery and some very interesting places that, while not you know, particularly pretty or, or cinematically beautiful, um, are shot very, very well. And so it's got some very nice and some very slow cinematography. I mean, this film takes its time. Um, it's got slow shots. It's not doing quick edits. 
Um, and it's it's not a film with a whole lot of dialogue either. It's more about you know these character moments and them using their skills to show emotion rather than say uh, a lot of emotion. And I really appreciate films that are much more quiet in terms of the overall tone and what they're doing uh, with that kind of thing. So um, it, it's a really nice film to look at. And I think that this will probably be a film that I would definitely want to see again on Blu-ray uh, when it comes out. Um, the other thing, though, is that this is definitely award bait. And you kind of got to point a finger at it and go, yeah, okay, it's definitely award bait. And he's going to be up for an award next year. Um, but it's just awesome, and Andy's awesome in it. So, uh, as I said, it's very nice to see him in a very mature role like this and, um, you know, really shouldering it very, very well. Um, it's a film that I'll definitely want to watch again, but not too soon, I think. And for films like this, a lot of times films like this are so heavy that I don't want to see them again. But this one I do want to see again, and um, I think a lot of that's because of Andy. I was um, mentioning, actually... Peter Chan's um, theorist earlier because it's also about child abduction and I think it makes for a very interesting comparison. I've seen both films and my friend was asking me about it and actually I still, I, I say that um, and this is not a, a, a review of the film uh, in any way. I call A Lost in Love the introverted cousin of Theorist because Theorist is, is very cinematically grand it's a commercial film and you know peter chan is a very um he's a great filmmaker and he knows how to make commercial films and in that sense i think dears is sort of a bigger more sensa uh, sensational take on a subject so it's uh, interesting to compare the two styles and see how two different directors tackle the subject but both tackle very important topic obviously yeah. um and both are very well well worth watching yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing, too, because, you know, it's it, on, on the one hand, you've got the whole the, 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 the terrible side of this, you know, the moral decay and the fact that there are people out there who just want who are so willing to make a buck that they're willing to kidnap kids and sell them to other people. And then you've got people who are so desperate to have more kids. They do mention the one child policy a little bit in here. Um as as part of the motivation for that that you know they're willing to buy someone else's child and then claim it's their own but the thing that is really interesting about this film um is that eventually those kids grow up you know and the kids you know when they get older they ask questions you know they're not stupid they can say i don't really look like my dad my mom and my brother you know and so now you've got this generation of kids who are starting to grow up and starting to ask questions and thinking about, you know, DNA testing and, and stuff like that because they're getting, you know, they have access to this kind of stuff. So, you know, a lot of this is coming back to sort of disrupt, you know, family, you know, families that are out there that, that have, you know, gone down this road. And, and hopefully there'll be more stories of, reun you know, reunions and things where, you know, kids can, uh, you know, by asking questions, because a lot, like I said, a lot of this is about the human flesh search aspect and people going online and asking questions and, and, you know, getting social connections about this person knows this person and this person knows this person and this person remembers something, you know, and then, and then finding these connections and, and un uncovering the truth of a lot of this stuff. And I think that's a very, very interesting aspect. And it's now, you know, starting to come home to roost because a lot of this is just indicative of, 
you know, the let some get rich first policy that has been a driving force in China. And it's, un, you know, it's unfortunate that it's, you know, it's, it's led people to just want to get rich to the extent where they're willing to, you know, uh, break up families and, and, you know, be terrible to little kids. Um, and, I, you know, this is, this is perhaps the, not the worst thing. I mean, I, I, there are stories out there of, you know, there's a terrible story from a couple of years ago. Um, if you follow China news at all, you probably heard this, but there was like a, uh, somebody attacked a kid in his own front yard, a little boy, I think, and like dug out his eyes uh, to sell Eesh. them, you know, and, and, and so the kid, you know, right there, they, the kid's still alive. I think that, that, you know, the community came together and some doctors came in and did some gratis work and, did I don't know if they did optic transplants on him or, or if he can see again or, or what happened, but you know it's just terrible that people were so desperate for money that they they'd hurt you know a, a little child whose life's not even begun yet. Um, but unfortunately, that's the the nature of the world we live in, which is kind of crappy. But uh, this movie is not crappy, so if you get a chance, please uh, see it because it's it's definitely worth your time, and it was definitely worth my tears. So take some tissues. You're listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. Visit Comcast.com for more. Well, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. You have been listening to the East Screen, West Screen podcast. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can get in touch with us via the website at kongcast.com. That's K-O-N-G-C-A-S-T dot com. Or you can follow us over on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash kongcast. You can find us over um, on email, too. You can email us directly at eastscreen at gmail.com. But uh, I also urge you to keep up with Kevin and all the writing and reporting that he's doing uh, over at FilmBiz Asia. So, Kevin, how can folks keep up with uh, what's current and what you're doing? Uh, Several ways. Um, You can find me on Twitter. That's at Golden Rock. The Golden Rock. Sorry, T-H-E. G-O-L-D-E-N-R-O-C-K. The Golden Rock, you can also read my reporting work over on Film Business Asia. That's www.filmbiz.asia. Um, yeah, or you can email me at kevin at filmbizasia. Yeah. All right, that's great. And, and no, he will not give you free movie tickets. So I would not give you free movie tickets. I would not give you screeners. I would not give any... any the only thing I'll give you for free is a reply email for free <laughs> maybe uh a, a quick word by the way a um actually movie related news um the the fight back to school trilogy starring steven chow and flirting scholar also starring steven chow have been released this week on uh a remastered digitally remastered blu-ray and the report the, the final verdict is that the video quality is actually quite good on those re- uh, on those new releases, so uh, apparently they are worth buying, and I urge strongly, strongly, to buy them on www.yesasia.com. All right, there you go, folks. Um, yeah, we've been, you know, talking about this um, over on the uh, podcast on Fire Network. So 
Uh, let me throw a little bit of, lo- of love their way. If you're not familiar with that show, you should be. Uh, check out podcastonfire.com with uh, Kenny B and uh, all the shows that he does. Uh, I've had the very good fortune of being able to guest host on his gambling series. And one of the things we talked about, in fact, was um, how a lot of Stephen Chow's stuff is just not out there for Blu-ray. So it's nice to see that uh, these films have gotten released. And hopefully we'll get to see some of the other classics um, get, get, over, get over to Blu-ray pretty soon as well. All right, folks, uh, I think that's going to do it for this show. Next show is going to be episode 160. And so, yeah, please tune in for that, all of that, and more on our next show. Until then, this is the East Green, West Green podcast saying, don't take your eyes off the road or your kids, and we'll see you next time. See you next time, everybody. Hi.